Hello and welcome to the Compassionate Leadership Interview. I'm Chris Whitehead and today we have a departure from our normal one-to-one formula. Three guests who are joining me to discuss joining up sport and well-being in Sheffield are Anna Lowe, Programme Manager at the National Centre for Sport and Exercise Medicine and leader of Move More. You can find Anna on Twitter at Anna Lowe Physio. Chris Dyson, Associate Professor in the Centre for Regional Economic and Social Research, leader of the Healthy and Active 100 research team at the Advanced Wellbeing Research Centre. You can find him on Twitter at cdason underscore shu. Nigel Harrison is Chief Executive of the Yorkshire Sport Foundation at Nigel H4. Anna, Chris and Nigel, welcome. Anna, can we start with you? Move more. What is it? What are its goals and how does it plan to achieve them? Yeah, sure, Chris. So uh, Move More is the the shared vision of Sheffield as a healthier, happier and more connected city. Uh, And it recognises the key role that being more active has to play in in achieving that vision. Um, Move More has been around for many years now in Sheffield. The first strategy came out in 2015. uh, And just last week, we uh, we launched the the second, the the next strategy. so it's a it's a whole systems approach to increasing f- physical activity in Sheffield, um, and what we mean by that is that we recognise that it's a really complex, difficult, long term challenge that we face. It's off- physical inactivity is often described as a a wicked issue in today's society, uh, and it's not the kind of thing that can be solved by any one program, initiative, organisation, individual strategy, policy. It has to be a collective endeavour, a long-term one um, that involves all the stakeholders and hopefully coordinates um, collective action towards the goal of creating a healthier, happier and more connected city. So in terms of how we we intend to achieve that vision, it, it, it is it is a collaborative effort. It can only ever be a collaborative effort to get change at that scale. Um, and so the the strategy that we've just launched really outlines the importance of physical activity. Um, it, it is it reinforces that shared vision of where we all want to get to together. It identifies six priority areas um, where we think that collectively we can have the greatest impact. So communities, education, health and social care, environment, sport and active travel. And then it recognises the the extremely broad range of stakeholders who can contribute to that goal and and gives them some co-produced guiding principles or ways of working together. Um, So it's not a a detailed operational plan. It's not prescriptive. It relies on many of the organisations and individuals across the city um, working towards the, the same end. When we met before the podcast, you underlined that the end point is non-medical. What do you mean by that? I think it's just recognising the the social determinants of health and the broader things that, that factor into overall well-being um, and that many of the things that support well-being can't be solved with traditional medical pathways and mechanisms. So thinking about the importance of relationships and 
nature and moving more and all those kind of things that um, you know really are fundamental to it, to everybody's well-being, but but aren't don't really feature or historically haven't featured in, in traditional medical pathways. I think that's what I meant. And how do you prioritise the activities of Move More? Yeah, so one of the things that's um, uh, a bit different about the the recent strategy that we've released is that we we are having a, a really explicit focus on trying to target where need is greatest across the city. So we want everybody to move more, but we recognise that it's a lot harder for some people than it is for others, and we want to support where um, where that need is greatest. So we define that in in two ways. One is um, by geographical location. So thinking about the wards, the electoral wards in the city with it to experience the most disadvantage, um, and how we can target. Uh, resource into those areas and support into those areas um, and how we can support those areas to grow capacity and capability within the, their own communities to um, enable them to, to move more. So that's, that's the first way. And then the second way is recognising that there are well known, well-understood patterns in physical activity. And there are groups of people within the population who are less likely to be active than others. So, for example, we're all likely to get uh, more inactive as we get older. Women and girls tend to be less active than male counterparts. So, um, thinking about those priority groups as well. And where you overlay those two things, where where you've got areas of disadvantage and then thinking about maybe people from Black, Asian, minority ethnic groups within those areas of disadvantage or women and girls in those areas of um, economic disadvantage, then, you know, that's where that's where need is really great. And that's where we will be focusing over the next five years. Great. Thanks, Anna. That's a lovely introduction to Move More. Nigel, could you please give us a brief introduction now to Yorkshire Sport and its goals? Yeah, uh, York Sport Foundation is one of the 43 active partnerships across England, primarily funded by Sport England. And in one sense, we are Sport England's local arm. We, we describe our role in three areas, really, of connecting, influencing, and then where needs be, providing opportunities to be active. The connectivity one is the main one, really. We work across South Yorkshire and uh, West Yorkshire, which has nine, as we know, nine district metropolitan areas, some of which are extremely large areas. And what we do is connect those, share information, work together and support the likes of Move More in Sheffield in the other eight. So we've got Move More, Sport Leeds, Active Bradford, everybody Active Kirklees and so on. And they commonly have uh, multi-agencies coming together in their local district to plan and deliver uh, sport and physical activity across their area. And in, in an entirely a similar way, as, as Anna has described there, involving all the stakeholders to provide the environment to make it easier and more enjoyable for people to be active. So all our goals are the same, really. At the end of the day, we want everybody being active. Um, and we also recognise that it's more difficult for some people to be active than others, and we need to target provision exactly as Anna said, geographically and with groups. And those geographic areas, we've identified a number of those across our area and work with local communities to for those communities to help themselves be active and support the, the local activities in those communities. Because the, the influencing bit, therefore, then, is representatives of physical activity is recognising that 
physical activity has a huge role to play in a wide range of strategies and policies, be it from planning to transport to children's services. Uh, and that's across uh, lots of public sector bodies, but also private sector bodies when it comes to play, uh, workplace health and voluntary and community sector. So we, we play a role in trying to get into decision makers and policy makers at a district level, at uh, West Yorkshire and South Yorkshire level, which is maybe through the integrated care partnerships, and also at a Yorkshire level where, where decisions are made, just to keep uh, banging the drum and shouting from the rooftops about physical activity. Not just physical activity for the sake of physical activity, but how it helps then the economy, the health, um, and as would heard in Sheffield, the happiness of people across across our area. And the third area is is we may when we say provide, we we're a vehicle for some of the government grants that come out and, and government programs that come out, and certainly in the children and young people sphere, for example, we'll we'll organise the uh, the school games at uh, at a county level. We, we've got a programme at the moment which is um, giving grants out to local schools to open up their facilities, especially in those in, in some of our poorer communities. Um, and we have grants for clubs and so on. So, so where there's national grants and national funds available, we often are a vehicle to be able to get that into the right places, working with Anna and lo- working with people like Anna in the local uh, districts and communities. So in terms of the support that you offer to move more, can you just explain a little bit more about that? Yeah, in a similar way, we we part from the post one of our well actually we we one of our managers is part of Anna's team that is um undertaking quite a bit of the coordination support, the stuff that people don't see. I hesitate to say the boring stuff, but the important stuff in connecting, bringing people together, make sure uh, reports are written when they need to be, make sure the funding applications are done, make sure projects are carried out. All those areas we'll, we'll carry out in the background. Um, and then other support available where it, where it exists, we, we have quite a, a, a reasonable data and insight service. So we'll provide uh, some of the data that's available um, and we can bring that in from wider than Sheffield level to make comparison, but also at Sheffield level there we've got the data. We've got specialist support in, say, P and school service where we've created, alongside many others, a Creating Active Schools framework and we'll support on that, we'll support on workforce. So there's, workforce, so, so there's numerous specialisms we'll bring to the table. For example, an active design manager that we have that support and give technical advice on, on land planning and um, on um, design issues that help physical activity. So there's numerous specialist support, but also, as I said, the administration support to help oil the wheels of move more to keep it flowing. Can I just add to that, if that's okay, that, that just how critical that support is for a, a place-based approach? Um, you know, that backbone support function, just to knit together the whole system's approach is, is so important. Uh, and the, the support we get from Yorkshire Sport is absolutely fundamental to that. And, th- and then also, I think we really benefit from Nigel's strategic steering um, through the, the National Centre Board as well, which uh, uh, provides the, the platform and the governance for Move More. So I feel like we get support from Yorkshire Sport at a number of, of, of levels. Could we talk about Active Burn Grief as a kind of a, a example of a project where I understand both of you are at work? Is that right? 
It is, yes, and that came out of some work we did some, um, well, it must be about four or five years ago. We got some fund funding from Children in Need to to do some to do some community based activity, um, and it's gone from it's gone from small beginnings to to real successful now, and it's got kind of national picture and people looking at it. And it's essential what it, it it's good community development through physical activities and sport. With physical activity and sport not being the starting point, it's how a community operates is the starting point, and then how how physical activity and support can can help. So. We got funding as York Sport Foundation um, to operate in the area, and we employed initially Safia Saeed. You may know Safia now. She's now a councillor in Sheffield. Um, she got elected last time round, who's absolutely at the heart of, of Burn Grief. She understands the young people there, knows the young people, has loads of contact contact. Uh, contacts there and it's just a brilliant person really she's kind of the, the sticky person that everybody goes to in that particular area in those in particular communities in, in Burn Green. so we asked her to operate on behalf of physical activity for kind of it was a job for about two-thirds of the week and she's taken it on from there and it's not just connecting and that she organizes and there's now groups there's a big brother group there's a reach up group there's a sisters group all all organizing different and and the bit the thing to remember this is this isn't anybody swooping in doing things to to burnley this is people in burnley organizing things for themselves through local leadership all we've done as Yorkshire Sport Foundation and, and and through Move More and other is just support that in the background be it through funding be it through a bit of advice be it through courses and a bit of uh, professional development there if, if needs be. Um, Safia's now moved on as she's a counsellor she's doing other work as well and and we have Faisal now working in there and in a similar fashion working amongst all the different agencies and organisations in, in Burn Green to get people active. Okay, so that's Move More and Yorkshire Sport. Can we move on now to social prescribing and the kind of overlap between that and physical activity in Sheffield? So, Chris, for the benefit of our listeners, could you explain what social prescribing is? Sure, yeah. So it's quite a, a simple idea, which is a, about providing a way for um, health practitioners, so GPs, mental health nurses, G, GP nurses, um, practitioners in, in secondary care, A&E, for example, to refer patients that they see in their day-to-day practice who might have a, a, a medical condition, it could be quite serious, but who also have a range of social and emotional needs. And it's about enabling them to be referred on to activities in their community um, that could be social activities it could be physical activity it could be kind of a, a combination of the two it's really about what they're interested in and what makes what makes them tick um, but the heart of that at the heart of that process and this is where NHS have invested a lot of money over the next 10 years is the link worker so kind of there's a recognition that the health professionals cannot be expected to know everything that's going on in their communities. They've got enough to do kind of on a day-to-day basis as it is. So the link worker's job is to keep abreast of everything that's happening in the community, including playing a bit of a community development role if, if necessary. Take the referral of the patient from the from the health professional, spend a bit of time getting to know them, understanding what their needs are, what their interests are, and then identifying appropriate support and activities for them to access in the community and what and maybe thinking about what additional support might, might might be needed to enable those activities to be to be accessible and kind of open for the most diverse range of people possible 
I've heard you describe social prescribing as a pathway. Is that in the NHS sense? I guess I would think of it as a pathway from the NHS or from health services or from social care to the community. So it kind of it opens up a pathway that maybe didn't exist formally before or where it did exist, it was quite kind of informal and ad hoc. And then it's a really, it's kind of, I guess it's a set of pathways because in each community, in each place, the journey from to to the community will be different and every every individual will experience it differently. So yeah, it's it's a pathway in that sense, maybe not in a traditional NHS sense, because it's actually about moving people out of the NHS for certain um, conditions and certain issues where it's appropriate. And what is green social prescribing? So green social prescribing is really about the activities. So it's about activities that take place in green spaces. Um, so preferring people to those activities. So they that could be physical activity in a green space, but each, equally it could be um, more around kind of connecting with nature, looking after the environment and um, doing things like that. So it's really, it refers to what the place that the activity um, takes place. And the reason why you might have heard it spoken about a lot recently is there's a major national government programme where they've invested in seven test and learn sites to really explore in a lot of detail over the next two years how green prescribing can be made to work uh, most effectively. And we're lucky enough in South Yorkshire and Bassett Law to have um, one of those test and learn pilots. And I guess that's where the kind of the opportunities for move more and social prescribing to become more integrated um, really kind of exist. Yeah, could we talk about then how social prescribing fits into the move more picture? Yeah, I'm happy to start. And Anna might may be able to add some kind of some some more details. But certainly from what, the way I see it is social prescribing provides one of the mechanisms through which the move more strategy might be delivered. So it's I guess it's a tool in the armory of health professionals who may identify people who need to move more and they may see a social prescription as the best way to do that. The extent to which is really embedded um, in practice, I think it is patchy and, 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 and varies across the patch, but that's certainly the way that I would see it as, as working and supporting the strategy. And certainly when I'm in kind of policy conversations about where where, green, um, where social prescribing fits, that's certainly how people refer to it and they see move more as being a really important part of it. So social prescribing is about community organisations providing people with social and emotional support do we know what proportion of social prescribing involves sports clubs? Um, in short, no, we don't. Um, and I think this is where we need to go next with the with the evidence base. We need to understand more about who's involved, where the opportunities are, where the capacity is, and what what we can do, what needs to be done to, to to support that capacity. So yeah, no, that's a big missing chunk, I think, of our our knowledge base at the moment. So at the moment, how do link workers build a picture of the community organisations that they might usefully engage with? I guess it's through a combination of formal and informal resources. So formally, there's lots of reference guides to what's available in the community and kind of, uh, I guess, um, directories. That's what I'm thinking of. So directories exist. Directories exist in places and they exist in different, different um, spheres of activity like um, sport, for example. But I think probably more important than that is the informal um, aspect of it and most link workers are of the community in which they're based so they really understand the community from, and kind of the things that are going on I think and being and, and kind of being plugged into those communities building those links is a key part of the of the um, 
of the link worker role. Um, and lots of them have come from backgrounds in kind of community development and, and similar activities. So they're they're not coming at it cold. They have a really good understanding of the community and how how to connect people with that in the best way. And understand you're at the centre of the work that's been done to evaluate the impact of social prescribing uh, in this area. Is that is that right, Chris? Um, I've done I've done quite a lot of um, social prescribing evaluation. Yeah, and it is something that I'm I'm kind of I want to be involved in 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 moving forward. I think at the moment where we are is I I often I, there's a bit of a throwaway remark which I kind of say which is social prescribing is the most evaluated thing of the 21st century. What I mean by that is there's been lots and lots of local evaluations of services and initiatives around the country and kind of internationally increasingly. And you can piece all of those together and get a really positive picture around um, around social prescribing, its effectiveness, how and why it works. But what we're really missing is kind of centralised big national studies to um, to really demonstrate effectiveness on a much bigger scale. Um, but those opportunities are starting to emerge. So NHS England and the National Institute for Health Research are in the process of commissioning a national evaluation of their work. Um, and at Sheffield Hallam, uh, along with the University of Sheffield and Exeter and Plymouth, we're working on a national evaluation of the green social prescribing work. So those, those those kind of national studies are starting to starting to happen now, and we're hoping they're going to bring kind of build on what we've learned locally to have to to kind of create a much broader, bigger picture around really understanding how and why it works. As a trustee of City of Sheffield Rowing Club, the closest communities to which are Bradfield, Worrell, Stannington, and Mailing Bridge. I'm curious as to know how we might become more engaged with Move More and with social prescribing. So, Anna, Chris and Nigel, do you have any thoughts for me? I could start off with Move More if that's helpful, Chris. Um, so uh, with Move More, you know, we are we are only as strong as our networks. I've already outlined that it's, you know, it's it's not the uh, not a problem that any one person can solve or any one organization. So we are absolutely dependent on effective collaboration across the city to to create change at the scale that we want to see it. Um uh, I guess the commitment from the the backbone of, of Move More is that we will try our best to put networks in place or create mechanisms for people to connect um, and to share those opportunities. Uh, and our ask is that people try and, um, you know, find a way to to contribute to those networks. Uh, that it's absolutely critical that that you know both sides are able to do that in order to to create the change that we want to see. So. Um, yeah, the, the Move More website is um, outlines some of those opportunities in terms of the partnerships meetings that we have quarterly, which are open to absolutely everybody. And it's just a big information exchange around what's happening in the city. Um, we have the Move More coordination group. We're active on social media. Um, so so I would say just reach out and one of us will um, get in touch and, and link you up and you'll be on our radar. And uh, that would be very positive from both sides, I think. I guess what I'd add to that from a, a social prescribing specific perspective is work out um, which local primary care networks um, you cover. So primary care networks are groups of um, GP practices who are responsible for commissioning services in their area. Each primary care network should employ a, a social prescribing link worker. Find out who they are, make informal contact with the, the link worker and start a conversation about how they, kind of what types of people are they seeing and how might you be able to support them kind of take kind of 
make referrals and what support might you need to take those referrals on if particularly if they're those more complex cases and then you kind of that informal network is building building from the bottom up and then as you can then start connecting to some of the kind of the structures and processes that Anna referred to as well. Thanks, Chris. Nigel, any thoughts? Only, only to build on that, really. It's the conversation, the relationship that is developed between your club and the link worker that is really important. This 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 won't be solved by a directory. This is this will be solved solved by personal relationships and working out what's best, what you can deliver, and what people know, and, and that's the crucial bit. I think just um, just to add, Chris, as well. I think thinking about when when this doesn't work and what some of the barrier, what some of the known barriers are to um, making those connections and relationships between um, you know delivery organisations, if we can call them that, then it's um, it, it's you know the offers change over time and they, they can change frequently. So the times of sessions, the locations of sessions, and whether it's um, you know amenable for beginners and that kind of thing. So I think there's something about having a really clear, consistent offer and, and sharing that regularly. Um, I think that's that's it's really basic, but I think it's really important. And then also just being very sort of mindful of the fact that if it's part of a social prescribing offer, then you your club might be getting uh, or those clubs might be getting people who um, have never done this before and, and will need a warm welcome and just need a bit of support to uh, to enjoy it. And that, that the experience that they will have, it, it can be really intimidating turning up to those kind of things for the first time and uh, how you can uh, support people to, to have a great experience. Have you any thoughts on the support that's available to clubs that put their hands up to become more embedded in their community? What a reflection I've had and something that comes through a lot of the research I've been involved in is that actually the community end of social prescribing is the bit that is least well thought through by policymakers and the bit with the least least support and the bit that needs more the most most resourcing. So I think there's a real challenge there about how do health systems as a whole it kind of support community organisations to enable them to to kind of overcome those barriers. I think there are some practical resources being being put in place. The social prescribing network, which operates nationally and regionally, um, offers kind of informal kind of networking support and, and practical support. There's also the National Academy for Social Prescribing, which has been um, launched with pump priming from the NHS, which again is about providing resources and support for community organisations to really get involved. So that, that support's coming on. I don't think it's at the point yet where there's enough of it. And obviously we're living in a really kind of tightly resource constrained environment, which means that's going to be really difficult. But I think I think it's the thing we really need to focus on over the next few, year, few years if, if this is actually going to be successful and it's not just going to fall by the wayside. I think it's a really important point, Chris, isn't it, about the resourcing of community um, community facilities and, and offers. And there was a brilliant quote from uh, some social prescribing network in a, a neighbouring region. They said, "If you're going to if you're going to pres- if you're going to prescribe everybody bridge club, we're going to need more bridge tables." And and it's that you know you can send everybody through, but you, there is finite resource, isn't there? And uh, and that needs that needs thought. Yeah, indeed. Nigel? Yeah, it, it, it again comes out of the conversations um, you were having with the, you're having with the link workers. So uh, what's the extent of, an expected extent of um, prescribing taking place? What kind of uh, people are coming along? What age are they? Um, what's their health? 
and then start working out the position within the club, what you might need more of, and that might be facilities, equipment, or coach education, more volunteers, etc. But it's very bespoke, and, and and that's the bit. It's a bit like any club development work that's taking place. It's it's very bespoke to the club, and that's where hopefully either a local development officer or a governing body or somebody within move more locally can sit down and then start start identifying opportunities. Yes, we're in a, a resource tight area, but there are still small grants available. There might be training available. There are there is there are still support tools available for clubs to get hold of, but it, it is very specific to the need and, and working out the need is the first thing through the conversation with the link worker. Okay, my final question is what further opportunities do you believe we need to take in order to join up sport and well being in the city? Uh, and I'd like to ask that question to each of you in turn. Uh, who would like to start? I, I guess my answer to that is uh, around implementing the Move More strategy, the, the new strategy. Um, you know, the strategy isn't, it's not the words of the, uh, it's not our words. It is a, a co-produced piece of work. We've had over 100 individuals and organisations contribute to it and they've told us what they think is important and, and how they see change occurring. So um, I feel like we have got a a plan, albeit a, a flexible, non-prescriptive plan for, for how we can um, move forward. Um, and I think the the parts that the the backbone support or the Move More core team provide is that the provision of networks across the city, uh, open welcoming forum for um, all the stakeholders, um, the the co-produced principles of how we can work together, um, and then we've also made a very explicit commitment towards eval- uh, about evaluating the, the impact of Move More and try- really trying to understand in real time whether the approach is the right approach or the best approach, um, uh, and how we can move towards a, a sort of continuous improvement approach. I think from there's two levels to that and two opposite ends. I think there's there's the word starting point should be a little bit as we described about uh, active burn grief is absolutely in our local community and identifying our local champions who are able to do that and there's there's a lot of them. Uh, Move more have had an ambassadors program for a number of years and continue to do that kind of work with volunteers and others who are championing the cause of physical activity and getting that connectivity going in their community and then supporting that activity there. And then at the other end of the spectrum, and these do need to be matched up, is then how physical activity is reflected in Sheffield's policies and strategies at, at, at the broader level. So every single policy and strategy, be it in children's services, in planning, in transport, in others across the whole of the council, and all, all of the public sector who are, who are designing the policies, physical activities really integrated in there. And then the two are actually matched up. So the needs of the local communities and the policies are reflecting what, what the needs of the uh, communities are. And the magic of Move More is it, it connects that up and will do over the next four or five years. It's difficult to, to build on that. I think you both, you both covered the, the two key points I was going to make really clearly. I guess something that we really need to be aware of, though, is, is around there are some really massive structural barriers that exist in some parts of Sheffield to physical activity and, and participation of all sorts. And often that comes down to um, poverty and inequality. And I guess we we can have all of the strategies and, and, and whatnot that, that we want, do all of this, this grassroots work. 
But if we're not doing the things as a city to address the root causes of poverty, then a lot of that good work could go by by the wayside. And I think often we don't spend enough time as a as a city, as as a as a system, really thinking about how how much of a barrier poverty really is to to achieving all, all sorts of positive outcomes that we want to achieve. I think that's a really well made point, Chris. I suppose musing on that, I would I would say that what we're trying to do in a small way through physical activity is not just increase people's health, but also help their social mobility, help the social mobility of young people, because sport is an activity that gives them confidence, that helps them deal with uh, trauma, that gets more in touch with their in touch with their bodies. You know, so I, I suppose there is there's a, for me there's a lot more to sport than getting people moving and I'm sure that I'm sure that we all feel the same about that. Yeah, I think there's lots of evidence, isn't there, that sport can be a, a route out of poverty. I guess if if you if you woke up this morning and you're you're facing the very real risk that you could be evicted by the end of the day, you're probably not going to prioritise any kind of physical activity today, are you? And I think it's recognising that lots and lots of people in our city are increasingly waking up with that very real risk, and that's that's going to be a barrier to all sorts of positive outcomes if we don't kind of work together as a city to to help people address that. No, I think that's a fair point. Anna, Chris and Nigel, thanks for coming on the show today and exploring uh, with me this aspect of a more compassionate Sheffield. And thanks for listening to the Compassionate Leadership Interview. If you'd like to support the show financially, you can find me on patreon.com forward slash Chris Whitehead. Email me about the show chris at danflask-consulting.com. You can order Compassionate Leadership, the book, on Amazon. And this episode was recorded in Sheffield using Squadcast. And the music was brought to you by 96 Back on CPU Records. <laughs>